Dotnet Rocks episode 805 with guests Chris Sells and Scott Hanselman. Recorded live Saturday, September 22nd, 2012. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklins.net, training developers to work smarter and now offering Gesture Pack, a powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers. Details at gesturepak.com. And now here are Carl and Richard. And they would have gone on for 15 more minutes if we hadn't cut them off, but we're short on time. And we are. We've, we've been having too much fun today. 40,000 people are here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Portland. It's packed. All of Portland. It's, yeah, we, we're in a football stadium, apparently. Apparently. Uh, we're here with Mr. Hanselman and Mr. Sells. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. The boys from Portland. The Portland contingent. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. <laughs> you just, I just always wanted to say that. Sorry. You just wowed us, Scott, with uh, with a presentation that you're working on that I think the wider audience needs to know a little bit about. Oh. Tell, us, tell us what you just did to us here. <laughs> just put me on the spot there, brother. <laughs> so I was sitting at Qdoba yesterday. For those of you uh, who, who do not know what Qdoba is, it's like Chipotle. But it's across the street. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's really good, though. It's, it's, it just sounds like a startup company. Actually, ask, try this sometime. Ask Siri how to get to Qdoba. Right. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> uh, no, but I was at Qdoba yesterday, and I was, uh, as I refer to it as conference, conference room B. Right. Uh, and uh, I was doing my doing my work and whatnot, and I just had this idea for a talk, and I called Damian Edwards, guy mm-hmm. from Microsoft, who I brainstorm ideas with, and I had this idea for a talk called Angle Brackets and Curly Braces. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. 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 And uh, sorry, you should sorry. know. It's fresh. It's, it's your talk. Pretty new. Um, but yeah, just talking about the layer cake that we are in, mm-hmm. both from a larger computer science computational perspective, and that people are making emulators inside of languages, inside of virtual machines, inside of sandboxes, inside of browsers, inside of yeah. sandboxes, inside of Windows 8. And then, uh, then the, the layer cake of JavaScript libraries themselves, and how I think it's time to maybe get back down to the, to the metal, as it were. Right. Uh, the JavaScript metal, the basics of JavaScript. Well, you made a very, I thought, a key point there that we originally had these libraries and jQuery was one of them that was trying to protect us from some fairly horrendous JavaScript. Yeah. But the latest round of browsers aren't that horrendous anymore. Not mm. too bad. Well, so it, so jQuery absolutely was the, you know, if def library, right? right? It was the, if you're running this version of that browser and this version of that browser. And I'm, uh, I'm curious, right? Uh, I have been, uh, for the last couple of years, been pretty spoiled because I, I have been doing Windows 8 and, off to a side a bit there, and, right? and, and IE 10, right? And it's just one browser. I get to write my JavaScript against exactly one browser, right? And it is a freeing experience. My right. question is, you know, is it the case that you can really write your JavaScript without a library like, like jQuery these days? Is enough of the stuff in JavaScript just there across all browsers that mm-hmm. you can really do that? 
Well, and given that jQuery just dropped support for IE 8 and below. Right. As a way of tidying up and removing like 60 or 70% of mm -hmm. the schmutz that they had built up, then yeah, it probably is. If you're IE 9 or Firefox 11, 12, 13, Chrome 20, 30, 40... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but so it sounds like there's still 40% cruft left. Well, but it depends on where that cruft is, right? Like if you're worried about IE6, right? But your target market is Finland. There's like two guys in Finland that run IE6. No, no, no. But if your target market is China, all of China runs IE6. Like right. the entire, all billion of them run it. No, but what, what you just said was um, the latest version of jQuery just dropped support for IE8 and below. Sure. Right? So It but, didn't break existing versions. Well, I understand. But you said they, they threw away like 60% of the library. Right? What does that other 40% do? Does it just get in the way and slow uh, things down? I think it, it gives you the jQuery popular selector you know, style, the jQuery style, the, the convenience of like they're each, you know, they're for each iterators and their selector engine. And so really there is no like cruft. I'm just curious, people in the audience who build like HTML5 and JavaScript like apps, how many do we have folks like that in the audience? A bunch. Uh, about, mm -hmm. a yeah, and, about a third. And I mean, is it the case that, you know, if you don't write apps with jQuery that you don't have to worry about this version of Chrome or that version of IE or what's your experience? Depends on what you're doing. It's time. It's he time says it's time. Here. Time for what? What's time? Well, you could do it before. jQuery, sure. jQuery is caffeine. Right. Okay? And caffeine makes you feel better, and it makes you jump around more, and it makes you feel more productive. But ultimately, you don't need it. But getting off caffeine is hard. And with jQuery, you can type dollar sign, you know, open resig, and then start writing uh, a CSS selector. But in JavaScript, you got to type document dot get element by tag name, and you don't get to write kind of the same thing. So you might say, man, I really need some caffeine this morning. I just can't get this done without some Diet Coke. So, so jQuery is Diet Coke. That doesn't mean that we need it or don't need it. It's just simply it is there. You started off the talk by saying that you wanted to make a, a talk that you could give to people who weren't paying attention for the last 10 years. Like, you know, the, the, was that what you were People who weren't paying for? attention to the web. To the web. I think uh, I call them dark matter developers. Right. Because mm -hmm. they make up a large you know, amount of the mass of the universe, but we can't prove that they exist and we don't know how much, <laughs> we don't know how much that they weigh, but we know that they're doing work. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> The, the bulk of the work, the but, of the to, work. to follow your no, analogy, writing, yeah. right? They're, they're I writing mean, ATMs and they're writing, you know, well, they're not writing Linux audio drivers, but they're doing other things that are useful, <laughs> uh, useful stuff. No, but it's not a judgment call. It's just simply there's loud people on the web with blogs. So like me, and then there's people who do actual work, <laughs> not me. And... Uh, they, they're, they're not, they're not doing that. So they might know that the web exists and they have a Gmail or whatever, but they're not web programmers and that's totally cool. But they're doing some serious work. Sure. But they, they missed out on the whole, like, introduction of Diet Coke. Like jQuery came out and then it, now it's kind of, so now it's Coke Zero and it tastes just like regular Coke and they don't, I don't care, whatever, I'll just drink Coke Zero. So what you're, what you're talking about then is to those, those set of dark matter developers who might want to be HTML, this is like, Skip you're, you're brand new to HTML and JavaScript yeah. and CSS. Right. You don't need caffeine. 
Yes. You, you can get a natural high from the tools and the platforms sure. that you get out of the box yeah. today. Drink Coke Zero or Sprite. <laughs> the point being that, like, if you, like, as a, as a, the older I get, the more kind of get off my lawn I get. And I noticed that about and, you, and, actually. And the, and the young people are writing, like, Lua or kind of Scala or whatever. Like, nah, C. Learn C. You know what I mean? Because what it was good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're saying is you don't want them to use kids with their four right, GLs. Right. So JavaScript is what you, is what you're saying that you want the them to learn. Well, it's assembler. a new C. The new assembler, well, actually. The new and assembly. so so the, and that's interesting, right? If if JavaScript is the new assembler, which I totally under uh, uh, agree with, oh, by good. the way. That's good. Um, so does Douglas Crockford and also uh, the inventor of yeah, JavaScript. Yeah, I know, uh, Brendan. I right. He yeah. does. Uh, so I'm not sure they understand the analogy all the way since, you know, nobody wants to really write assembly language, right? Yeah, so yeah, the question is, um, you know, what do we write? Are, are you saying that because JavaScript is the assembly language of the web, are you saying that right. people should be writing assembly language? So I think another way to phrase that is, what are the new reusable libraries? Right? So there's this really great website called cssdeck.com. It's kind of like JS Fiddle. It's a place to goof around with CSS or a place to goof around with uh, JavaScript. Does someone want a JavaScript library or a CSS library that is a, some really opinionated person's reinvention of this great thing called JavaScript? Like their view, like, no, no, this sucks. Use this other thing. It sucks less. Or do I want, you know, useful checkboxes like, you know, like with jQuery mobile or with, um, uh, Kendo, you know, I want mobile support. I want helper functions. I don't want your reinvention of JavaScript. I want your supporting libraries. Well, so, uh, me personally being a JavaScript programmer for the last couple of years, sure. I actually, there are concepts, uh, in the language that I miss from other C languages, right? Uh, there are, you know, I spent 10 years doing C sharp and then the last two doing JavaScript and I still miss C sharp. I do. What I do you miss, miss from C sharp? I miss, um, a kind of JavaScript is kind of lispy in the sense that you can do whatever you want with it, which mm -hmm. is fine. It's just that there are a bunch of things that a bunch of us want to do and we reinvent over and over and over again in slightly different ways, uh, making it very difficult to read and understand somebody else's code. For example, mm -hmm. if I want to um, have the equivalent of you know, an, uh, a class of, of behavior and properties and events and encapsulate that in a type, right? Um, I can do that in JavaScript mm -hmm. and there are some built-in ways to do it. And then there's 27 libraries that all do it slightly differently because the built-in way in JavaScript is not at all what we like, right. which is why people use the libraries in the first place, right? I really wish they were just those constructs in the language. That, I mean, See, there are too few ideas in JavaScript, in my opinion. But there, there's, there are libraries, and I'm, I, it's funny. When, uh, yes, when you there think, are libraries. Hang on, let me get there. Uh, I just can't remember the name of this particular one, and I'm going to remember it the second that they hit stop. <laughs> but it gives you kind of, it's not, it's not, they all have like noun. Basically, JavaScript library developers just pick a noun. And they call it whatever that noun is, .js. Cabbage. Right, exactly. Cabbage JS. It's the new hotness, right? <laughs> Except for they don't even put, when they say it, they don't even say the .js. It's just assumed. Right. 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 You should be able to know so, by looking at me. So I would be like, hey, you're using lawn chair? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or or node, right? Yeah, yeah. They I just love node and lawn chair and cabbage are awesome. Yeah, you yeah know, totally. you, when you did the demo of Linux virtual machine written in JavaScript running on an iPhone emulator, that kind of blew me away. But you I like that one. I kind of know, blew you away. I wanted to know though if you could run the Linux emulator on Node. 
So, so that's that's not that's not even wrong. You see what I'm saying? Like that, that, that you know that, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. No, that's just one. Every once in a while, you'll you'll be at a conference and you'll do a talk, and then someone will come up and they'll be like, "So does XML replace Java?" You know, and it's just like, well. I don't exactly. even know where to... Yeah. We've got a long way to go Let's here. start with assembler, you know, and then you kind of work your way up. But there was Get the, off my lawn. There's a particular library I can't think of that is like Skeleton, and, and it, it basically gives you, like, link for... Underscore. 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 Yeah, underscore. underscore. Well, That's a great, like, thing. Like, gives you, like, mapping methods and sorts and, and sets and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting, too. And this underscore. was one of the points you made in your talk, right? And we've been talking about is that JavaScript has a bunch of those wonderful functions built in, right? The the map and reduce and, you know, uh, uh, But the challenge is knowing that, right? You sure. might go and say, oh, man, I love underscore, and I start using it. And then, like, someone who knows sure. more would be like, you know all that's built in. Right. And then you feel bad. <laughs> so, it happens in C, right? Like someone says, oh, this is a great new string library. And you convert everything to it and say, well, the one that's in the C runtime is fine. Uh, sure. So what you're saying is, is JavaScript is a language that makes you feel bad or? Well, I don't know. I feel bad. Programming makes me feel bad. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just generally. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be really, really humbled, just write anything and then put it on the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> well, see, one of the beauties of coming from a calm background is well, I used to do that, and there was like six of us on the internet at the time, right? Yeah, when I, yeah. And I put my, uh, my calm code up there. And just people who could figure out how to use the code in their calm programmers were happy it was there, let alone people who could actually figure out what the hell was going on with calm, yeah, yeah. right? So uh, there was a lot less criticism now where with JavaScript and um, uh, Douglas Crockford, again, another famous quote, is uh, who says, um, you know, JavaScript is the language that you can be productive in it without understanding what you're doing. <laughs> and that could be said though for C plus plus and for all the other. Like, no way, it could not be said for C plus plus. No, it's not assembler. You could be productive. Like what does they say about like C lets you shoot yourself in the foot and C plus uh, plus makes it easier. Except when you make a mistake, you blow off your entire leg. <laughs> so so JavaScript is like you kill a small town, right? <laughs> I mean, it's all the way, right? It's eleven. There's no middle ground. It's eleven, okay. right, on the scale. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Telerik Just Decompile. Recent developments in the .NET world have opened up a niche for a free .NET decompiling tool. If you, like so many other developers, have been looking for an alternative .NET decompiler, you'll most certainly welcome the launch of Just Decompile, a powerful tool which promises to stay free forever. Currently in beta, Just Decompile offers effortless .NET decompiling and assembly browsing, innovative code analysis and navigation, side-by-side -side assembly loading, auto-updating, and better decompiling accuracy. A product by leading .NET vendor Telerik, Just Decompile has an aggressive release schedule and a roadmap based on community feedback. You can visit the Just Decompile feature suggestion forum to let Telerik know what features you'd like to see added to Just Decompile, or vote for one suggested by your peers. The official version launch is expected this summer, 2011. Go to Telerik.com slash .NET decompiling. And remember to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. Um, about putting code on the web, um, I feel like we really need to focus on being more open and more kind to people who 
who put themselves out there. Yeah. Like there's this kind of like hacker news attitude right now where it's like, Hey, look at this thing I built on the weekend. And it's just, you suck. There's no unit well, tests. You know? And in fact, you know, somebody was complaining about that on hacker news and then he got ripped down Yeah, downloaded. <laughs> for complaining about people yeah, well, ripping him down. I, I, uh, which I, I thought was ironic as someone who has a blog that some, some people read, I feel like I can't even show my code anymore. Because it just sucks. Whatever it is, it sucks. So I love, I love the... Um, the disappointment? <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, back in the way back when we used to run uh, collective um, development on mailing lists as opposed to blogs and the internet and GitHub and et cetera, right? Um, one of the first things I had to learn was when you post something, you got something wrong. It might be 80% wrong and people will say, you know, this just one line of code that you could have written instead of that 27 things that you just spent four hours on. Or, um, you know, it's 20%. But if you only get 20% wrong, right, you're doing great. That's almost like right. It's so, like, I wrote... (laughs) But the the criticism is just crushing. Like, I wrote this blog post a couple of days ago. Dude, you gotta let that go. I I wrote this blog post a couple of days ago, and I wrote T-O instead of T-O-O. And then some guy... (gasps) Oh, no! Hang on a second. So then, this is like a third into it. And then some guys, and it's always anonymous, right? They never leave their actual name and email. Like, they don't ever leave, like, you know, sure. I, I'm a friendly free copywriter at Gmail, and feel right. free to contact me for quotes. No, what they do is they go, <laughs> they say, Anon, and the guy says, I stopped reading at two slash two. I'm just holding you accountable. <laughs> it's just like, wow, thanks. Great. Uh, why, well, the question is, why are you allowing anonymous comments at all? Because I, I don't know how to make OAuth work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, don't feel bad, Scott. Nobody does. Because open ID is a huge fail. No, but um, the, the point is, like, I wrote this. I wrote this thing. This website called uh, Smallest.net, and it's a thing. It just sniffs your user agent and tells you what version of .net you have, and then suggests you download it. But it is like. There are no words to express how bad it is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, is it is switch statements nested inside if statements. Uh, nested inside another switch. It, running in a JavaScript emulator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... It was the fastest possible thing, you know, and I wrote it while I was watching, like, Lifetime. Dude, you gotta. <laughs> but I don't know if I can handle the disappointment, because I feel like I'm going to get an email from someone, I've been following you for years, and... I'm not following anymore. <laughs> you know, see, the, the, the eye of disappointment. See, see that's the thing. That is the so basic bad. problem. You write crap, don't you, Chris? Absolutely. I yeah. totally. I write books filled with errors. In fact, I was just. I was just telling um, someone about the a non-author about the book writing process, and I said, you know, I spent the last year writing it and rewriting it and updating it for all versions of Windows and testing the code and retesting the code and updating it to the new version of the templates that do something slightly different and retaking all the screenshots when um, Steven Sanofsky decided that Metro style was no longer cool. And, <laughs> and then that was just the production of the, of the content. And then there's the internal review process and the external review process and the copy editing process and the technical review process and then going through and uh, underlining things that are code snippets and doing this and that. And it takes the details. Never write a book. It's just the worst thing ever, right? Have so, you done like 15 right? so, of them? Yeah. And... Uh, 
this is number. I'm finishing number fourteen, and that's it. That's yeah. not. We're not doing it again. I thought you were okay. learn faster than you, that. You think so? You would yeah. think so, wouldn't you? I, I got done at one. And so, what's going to happen? Yeah. Someone's going to see. No, like, no. Hang on, hang on. So, so this, and so this is the punchline, right? All right punchline. So I told you that, so I could tell you this. So I said, and then what's going to happen is uh, they're going to give me PDFs, and I'm going to print them out, and it's 400 pages, and I'm going to read every single one of those pages and circle anything that I think is wrong, and double check with the publisher to make sure they apply my changes because they don't. And then uh, I'm going to ship it, and I'm going to have like two weeks, and then they're going to send me a book, and I'm going to open it up, and there will be an error on the first damn page. <laughs> Happens every single time. And you know what? You got to let that go, Scott. Well, this is an intervention right now. <laughs> We're we all are here to let you know that we, we love you, think Scott. It's okay. That you are too hard on yourself. We want you to post your code. We want you to just, you know, when someone has a piece of criticism, we just you just let it go. Let you it slide, you do not have to spend $168 on a fitted shirt. We love you no matter what you show up in. Yeah. <laughs> did I did I take did I not take the label off? <laughs> I'm just saying, we're here for you, Scott. We you love were right, you. I was right there until the fitted shirt comment. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I tuned out. I'm just holding you accountable. That's, that's totally fine. You know why? Because I've been insulted by better people than you in more expensive shirts. So there you go. They're all there. <laughs> you guys should have your own podcast. You know, do, do you know now that if you, if you Google for phony... I'm on the first page. Nice. Uh, uh, and that's because you like to write phone programs, or no? That I, I blogged <laughs> uh, a blog, blog post called "I'm a phony." <laughs> nice. And now you're the and now you're the I only am, one in the internet. Apparently, I'm, you're the only well, phony. I'm not on the, the only one. I'm the canonical example. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Nice. When you're the prototype. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, you are number one phony. Everyone else is going to try to live up to your standard that My you. Sit there. Exactly right. Well done. Yeah, you mean to me about my shirt. <laughs> it's a fine shirt. I have to say, it's a how lovely do you know shirt. This was an old navy. Well, because you told me where you get your shirts. I didn't say how much I paid for it. No, because then <laughs> so I went. You Googled after the. Fact. I went. Oh my! God. I went to the we place. were talking about JavaScript libraries yeah. when I handed the <laughs> subject over to them. It was a treat. Yeah, it's, I was treating. I'm not. I'm not wrong, am I? Extreme. I'm not wrong, am I? That's how much your shirt costs. <laughs> a little. A it's little, pink, by the way. For those little, of you who aren't it looking, it looks very good. It's a fine uh, shirt, Scott. I've lost 25 pounds. Thank nice. Wow. nice. Thank you for noticing. Right. I don't want your pity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late for clapping now. You, you got to notice and then clap. No. Uh, <laughs> if I have to tell you I have a new shirt, then I don't even want to talk to you people. <laughs> that pretty much describes my relationship with the internet, right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Scott? Well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Carl and Richard. How are you? Hi. Hey, 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 hey. Hi. I, uh, hello. I didn't see you. There. I didn't see you. <laughs> so you're getting back to your amazing talk, <laughs> which uh, I thought was awesome. Thank your you. goal, your goal, is to really just uh, bring home the idea that JavaScript is the new operating system. That's the new universal operate. Uh, well, the browser is the universal operating system, and JavaScript is the language. Yeah, that's one way. I wouldn't say that that's the main point, though, because mm -hmm. there's always like a meta point for me. And the, yeah. the point for me and my whole shtick is empowerment. Right. I don't like people feeling is disempowered a word. 
Yes. Uh, Empowered? You know, uh, Shakespeare uh, invented 215 words, Scott. Was one of them disempowered? No, no but you should be that guy. You right. can you invent words all but you someone's want. Someone's going to then say, I was listening to .NET Rocks, and then you said disempowered, and I stopped listening. <laughs> and, holding you and now I'm holding you accountable. accountable. And that's what, see, you keep bringing that up. That's what this intervention is for. It's called, no, it's in common, it's called a callback. Uh, yeah, no, I right. get it. Thank okay, you. good, thank you. I'm, I'm with you. That's good. So you're trying that's to good. empower people who feel disempowered. Yeah, I just don't think that anyone should feel like, I can't do that. And yeah. so, and, and, and sometimes they just need something explained to them slightly differently. And then they go, oh, wait a second. Yes, I do know that. And I think you got to a real key, key point around that, which is that if you've missed the web up till now, this is a great time. You're to lucky yeah, because absolutely. we went through some really missed, nasty stuff. <laughs> you, Netscape four, you missed all that. <laughs> IE six, you yeah. missed it all. Absolutely. So now you're. I mean, seven and eight. We're in an, imp an impressive place right now. Yeah, this is a perfectly good time to start being on the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, and and you know, to your, I mean, not only just the internet, right, but specifically um, HTML and JavaScript and CSS, right? Because not only is it for building internet apps, which of course you know that's that you're from the internet. Uh, branch of, of Microsoft, right? Yeah, so you true. care about that, yeah, right? Yeah. But um, it's for building all kinds of apps these days, right? Mm -hmm. For Windows 8, HTML, JavaScript, and CSS is a mm -hmm. first-class client it's for building apps. Said the guy who was instrumental in building the WinJS bits for Windows 8. It's very subtle there. Well, I wasn't going to bring that part up. I, no, I know. That's why I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, PhoneGap and yeah, all Yeah. Well, and not only that, but Mozilla has now a phone OS that is, is just the browser, right? It, you you made a point in your talk, which was every phone, every mobile device has two OSs, right? The underlying thing, whatever it happens to be, yeah, yeah. and then the browser, right? right? Which runs you, helps you run HTML and JavaScript and CSS. And the Mozilla project that they're building, and I can't for the life of me remember what it's called. Firefox OS. Is it Firefox OS? It is. And then, Web it is, OS was first. Yeah, and it's just, right? And it's just HTML. I mean, that's where we're getting to, right? You talked about removing the layers, removing the cruft, just saying, you know, let's just, we don't need all this stuff. We just need the thing we actually use, which is these days more and more HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Sure. Yeah. So the whole node thing's not completely crazy. I mean, you called Damien Edwards. You must be buying into this. The whole what weird? thing? The node thing. The, node, the, the language. Like let's the... run JavaScript outside the browser. Let's let JavaScript get away. I... <laughs> we had it contained, and now it's out. Well, so there's, there's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So people are saying that if the browser is kind of like the new terminal, except your terminal has a jitter and can do multi-processor jitting and memory right. management and all this kind of stuff, then it's, it's more than a chubby client. I mean, you have a complete virtual machine in your browser. Then what is the responsibility of the server? Right. In the past, the server's job has been to literally draw stuff for you, mm -hmm. whether that be generating a GIF dynamically or whether that be simply stringing a bunch of angle brackets together and then shipping it over the wire where then you render it, right. drawing stuff for you, or is it the job of the server to simply hand you the data mm -hmm. in some format? Right now it's curly braces. Could be something else tomorrow. You're talking about uh, JSON. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is the job of the server to draw pictures of what you're going to look at or to send you stuff and then let you do the drawing? Right. And, and that is changing the way that we think about what a web server should look like. So the node people are saying, well, I do a lot of JavaScript on the client, and I'm pushing JavaScript across the wire. I might as well do JavaScript on the server. Right. And that's, that's totally cool.
I'm just fascinated. We're getting to this monoculture around one of the great languages for breaching the monoculture. Sure. I mean, I don't think that's the only way to do things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like C sharp and I think that when you're doing the basics, I don't notice the major differences. JavaScript gets really interesting when you start doing like model view, view model and things like that. And it was actually interesting. I, I crossed a boundary the other day when I was writing code and, uh, uh, it, you know, maybe it was a, my matrix moment, but I had to look at this code twice and say, wait, uh, I'm now thinking, I used to think in C-sharp and translate into JavaScript. JavaScript. Right. Now I'm just thinking in JavaScript. Wow. And I feel a little dirty, i got to say. <laughs> I, I, you know, this is a good I, thing. I, I felt the same way the first time I ordered in Spanish at Chipotle. <laughs> it, which and I, hear, I understand Chipotle without even, without is, even thinking. is like uh, is a lot like Qdoba. It is, in fact. And look, right. we, we see we just made a big circle there. You good. see that? Callback. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done, sir. Bueno. See how I did that? That was, that was awesome. Another one. That. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Surfing the web. Yeah, you ever try to surf the web on your phone? It's a little small. Especially when you're looking at a big list like the feature list of active reports. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we've been using it for 15 years. You know, the coolest new feature, I think, is the new Silverlight Report Viewer. What's cool about it, of course, is it's both native Silverlight for printing, but it's also got PDF support. So that really minimizes the amount of data that has to come over the wire. Makes it a lot more efficient. Well, we've been looking for a good solution for Silverlight data viewing. Yeah, it's a great product. I, I think I'm going to order it. Not on that. No, not on here. I'll go to my desk first. Active reports from Component One. Smarter components for smarter developers. I don't Chris, know how you're going to get any hola, usable. Hola, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Chris, do you miss yeah. Link? Uh, it's uh, so it's funny. Uh, I one of the biggest uh, Im uh, improvements in my programming life. Uh, was this idea of set-based programming? Was mm -hmm. this idea of progressive narrowing? Um, you know, I've got a collection of things, and I want to do this, and I want to sort it, and I want to group it, and I want to filter it, and I want to project it into this thing, and then then I'm going to feed it into this part. And it's kind of you know, uh, for old Unix guys like I am, it's it's the pipeline inside of your programming language, and I love it, and it's completely extensible, and um, it is kind of like you know, everything can uh, uh, pretty much every kind of data in the world can be represented as lists of objects, which may or may not have sublists of sub-objects and etc. So it's kind of this universal data API to this universal kind of data format, and I'm a huge, huge fan. But stepping back from that, in fact, I did a blog post when I first uh, started doing uh, JavaScript. Stepping back from that, it's really this kind of declarative list-based programming that I like, and of course, you know, that's just functional programming, right? And lots of other languages do it. And JavaScript has, does a, a very good um, implementation, both based baked into the language and with other libraries that do it even better. So do I do I miss the specifics of Link? I have to say I miss IntelliSense, right? Pressing the dot and getting a reliable list of things that are available to me at this mm -hmm. point in the process. But the actual programming model is, is right there in JavaScript. And I, I use it all the time. I really love it. Hmm. I've got two converts here. I'm disturbed. I am. Well, I mean, I'm not like switched over entirely. No? I like to visit. <laughs> what do you think in? I think in C sharp. Yeah. I used to think in VP, and now I think in C sharp. But, you know, if as long as it's got curly braces and a semicolon, You're okay. and even that's up in the air now, so who knows what the semicolons, but then I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm just wondering if Rosalind's going to shift things up again for the C sharp folks. Uh, I think it will remind people that C sharp is static but super powerful and right. that things that are dynamic can live in a 
world. Like people think static and that word has a lot of weight and baggage uh, mm-hmm. associated with it. Somewhat negative connotations then? Well, there's, there's things people want to do and there's meta programming and then there's people that have been trying to do, uh, uh, IL generation and all that kind of, you know, just generating something at runtime has been a problem. Well, and in fact, um, it's interesting because the whole idea of generating code either at compile time, well, mostly at compile time is when I see it, right? Mm-hmm. We have all kinds of tools in Visual Studio that generate code for you that wrap around this underlying kind of generic API that passes strings around, right? The reason to do that, the whole reason to do that is to simplify the programming model so when you press dot, you get a reliable set of um, uh, items in the IntelliSense list, Mm -hmm. right? If you didn't need that, the dynamic keyword in C Sharp works just fine. And in fact, you can, that's extensible too, right? You can build dynamic objects that map on the fly to, you know, I mean, you could build an entire database API, which was tiny based around dynamic. You've read, mm-hmm. you've seen Massive. I haven't. No, what's Massive? <gasps> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you look at things like Entity Framework, Entity Framework Code First, and look at things like Link to SQL, they're all things that introspect or reflect over the database right, right, and then right. generate a bunch of stuff yes. so that you don't feel scared when you go whatever dot. Yes, exactly. Yes. And Massive is a micro-ORM, and other ones are Dapper and Simple.Data that you should check out. And micro-ORMs say, well, if, if you... Im- well, how, what would an ORM look like if the goal was as small as possible and use dynamic and know some SQL? So then Massive is like 420 lines of C-sharp. And it lets you do stuff like, you know... Well, oh, I get it. It's ironic. No, it's, like, useful. No, but Massive, the name oh, is Oh, yeah, ironic. it's Massive because yeah. it's not. Got absolutely. It. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Much like this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, a lot more expensive and much smaller than mine, I have to say. Yes. I'm sucking it in, though. <laughs> it, so you could go, you know, whatever dot select, select star from foo, and then went on... and then But you're going to actually say Massive dot select, and then say open, uh, uh, like generic, open bracket, foo, and then that automatically says, oh, well, okay, this is a, a table month that's coming back, and foo, I can fill up foo with this type based on that generic. So just by giving it the information of the generic, we'll go and generate you one of those. If the data is shaped right, fine. If it's not, use a dynamic, doesn't matter. Cool. So it's, it is that thing that I just said you could it's build. Exactly. It's already Someone done. Someone has built it that's awesome. six times over. That's hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's very, very cool. So I was right. Yeah, absolutely right. (laughs) And I think also people need to realize that compilation is just the first unit test. Absolutely. But it is an incredibly useful one. Yeah. Yeah. It catches a number of errors. But but ultimately... Unless you turn error reporting off. But but, but seriously, you got to drink that in because if you have a thousand great unit tests, Mm -hmm. that first one doesn't matter. Because it will get caught in the other 999. You On the don't other hand, need compilation. If you don't have any unit tests, you've always got the compiler. You always well, got one. You always have one unit test. And I'm pointing out that if you think about it in like, wow, I don't have enough unit tests, that's what you should be thinking. Not, oh, it compiled. <laughs> I right. see how that shirt. Yeah, people say, hey, it compiled. Great. Uh, Ship that's it. like saying the one test passed. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally right, except it is, it is a pretty damn big test. But I, I disagree with that because I could go and write you a letter in Word and go into the language part and switch it to Dutch and then type and then make sure that nothing is squiggly and, uh, and red. That must mean it's correct Dutch. Nice. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that, but in my experience, if I get the C sharp to compile, it's 
It'll almost, run exactly as you wrote it. Almost always. Yeah, it'll always run exactly as I wrote it. Yeah. Exactly right. But that's because yes. you're Chris Sells. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. There is something to that. Of course, okay. I do. I know, the do green squigglies matter more than the red. And I'll tell you, honestly, uh, you know, I am embarrassed to, to admit, the compiler is not the reason I like static, static features of languages. It's the IntelliSense. It is. It, yeah. it, is, uh, yeah. it, is I, it, it concerns me that... We are modifying our languages to make our tools to write those languages work better. Which is why the new JavaScript editor in Visual Studio 2012 includes uh, the ability to do that. So it actually dynamically is running the JavaScript as you're sitting there. Mm -hmm. So as you're typing, it's running. I mean, that's true of the other languages as well. That's how, like, well, how the squigglies v, work. It's true and, of VB. Yeah, right. It's kind the of true of C Sharp. But my point is, like, a really great example is just fire up Visual Studio, go into JavaScript file, and type, like, you know, var a equals, quote, your name. And then type a dot, and you'll get stringy things. Yep. And then change var a equals zero, and then type a dot, and without even saving, you get number things, integer things. Yeah. It's really running. And then, and that works about half the time, and the other half the time, it has no idea. It must be a Windows 8 problem. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's, absolutely. <laughs> Point is though that there's IntelliSense in the static sense. There's type ahead auto completion in the sublime text. I typed it before and I might want to type it again, so I'll just go ahead and autocomplete because you typed it before, but it's not really IntelliSense. IntelliSense. And then there's true dynamic, it's running all the time. So this represents sure. reality. And, and I think that's where the end point is. Well, and in fact, with the, um, the move, obviously, I mean, let's be clear, right? JavaScript is the world's most deployed available language, right? Mm -hmm. You walk up to your grandma's computer. She has a fully functional JavaScript uh, operating system on her computer, right? You can get to, you can run JavaScript everywhere, right? Well, guys, my IntelliSense tells me we're out of time. <laughs> Nicely but, done, uh, sir. Nicely done. Thank you. Was, We've great. come to an end point. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to hold you accountable. So, <laughs> big hand for Scott Hanselman and Chris Sells. And hey, we'll see you next time on .NET Rock! We love Portland! Hey, thanks for listening, and remember... Pluralsight.com is where you can get 200 minutes of free video training by guests on .NET Rocks and other experts in the field. Pluralsight.com. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter van.